Well, I guess we're live. What's up, everybody? I'm Dustin Coiner, talking motorbikes, the Ask a Superbike Genius segment with the genius himself from Fresh and Lean Progressive Yamaha Racing presented by Attack Performance. Yeah, that's close enough. They usually leave the presented by off at the end. It's not even part of the official name, but whatever. Yeah. I like the fact to say that. Well, I have well, to say Somebody it, called you a fanboy. Are you a fanboy? A fanboy of what? Our team. Me. So, somebody said <laughs> that. Right. So, somebody said that or Josh Hayes said that? I think Chuck Chiaketto might have said that. Uh, Chuck Chiaketto, he's just mad because we talk shit about him on the show. <laughs> like, dude, I'm sorry, man. Like, you were boring on the show. Fuck. You know, like, take a couple of bong ribs for the next one, man. Dude. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's kind of how it is. So you just came off of Brainerd, and um, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously, you guys have. We'll talk about Jake's base lead in a second, but you kind of got the band back together, right? With Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. The old fart can still ride. Dude, it's amazing. He does. You know, I was thinking. On, I was thinking on the flight. Is Josh still super fast? Or is everybody still is everybody else super slow? You were thinking about that on the way out there. No, on the way back. Oh, on the shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I was like, he's like forty eight, I think, or forty nine. Yeah, forty eight. Yeah, right? I, yeah, because I think. Um, and, and he's still doing like the fastest split of a test and the second fastest laps of the race and things like that and running up close to podium spot on a. He hasn't even ridden superbiking since 2017. So I'm thinking to myself, man, is he really that good? I mean, he is four-time champion. Or is everybody else that's really that bad? Which one is it? <laughs> I think he's just really that good. He's really good, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, the dude's, he's a legend, man. Like, the dude's a living legend, it seems like. It, you know. And then he got. He didn't legend. say Mike can be a bit better once. Oh, he, he didn't say that once? Mike could be no. Mike could be. Yeah, he used, to, he used to say that back in the day, right? Uh, I remember first time I worked with him in two thousand three, I think. Yeah. Two thousand three. Yeah, because two was Spees and and Pridmore. Two thousand one was uh, Pridmore and Richie Alexander, and so two thousand three was Pridmore and Hayes. And I remember at Daytona, he went out did some laps. He came in and said, "Mike could be a bit better." And I said, uh, I need a hillbilly to English translator, please. <laughs> or was it redneck? <laughs> uh, red, oh, English you, translator. You, you don't speak fluent redneckanese? No, but I did learn some stuff from him back in 2003, mainly about redneck language, yeah. Okay, okay. But he's, he's gotten a lot more uh, less redneck. Yeah, he seems to uh, still be super hungry to win, right? Like that guy. Is he is super motivated. That's one thing yeah. I can say about him. He still loves it. I think that's, remember I used to say, uh, the three things that make a rider is a a, a motivation, the talent and the skill. Yeah. And Hayes would tell you that, you know, he's not the most talented guy on the track. He would tell you himself. Right. But he's, he, he has a lot of skill from all the years he's been doing it and he's super motivated. Yeah. So that, that makes him very competitive. Yeah. It's funny. I, I have a commenter, Davey Stone. Uh, he says that you guys should keep him. And then draw in Viagra sponsorship because they got big money. <laughs> He's not that old. Come on, <laughs> he has a little kid. <laughs> I he's think a, she's like he's, he's I don't got know a couple of kids. 
Yeah, but I think the newest ones, I don't know, a little bit. Like a year? A year and a half or something? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't ask. But they're both yeah. pretty young. I think he, I think he's doing okay in that department. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, for a sponsorship, though, you know. That'd be more my up my alley, I think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's that's how the conversation goes here, right? Yeah. Are we going to talk about motorbikes or? Yeah, well, you know. Everybody tell this function. What are we talking about? Sponsorship on the side of motorbikes. Could be Viagra, you know? I'm not sure if Yamaha would go for that. Maybe. Dude, I mean, why wouldn't they, though? I don't know. Corporate stuff is. Yeah. They have, they have guidelines. Right, right. All right, so let's see. Yeah. Okay, well. Um, so yeah, like you, you, you had him out there, so you said it was fun working with him and, um, was there something specific that maybe you got some data from him or you saw something about him with the bike? To, well, you know, like all, Jake or, all know, super experienced guys have ridden tons of different kinds of motorcycles. So if you, if you look at Josh's history, yeah. he's ridden Suzuki's, he rode our Kawasaki super stock bike won the, uh, he won the championship in super stock and on the 750. He rode our Kawasaki Superbike, as a matter of fact, at that same racetrack in 2004. And he right. was, I think he was clocked as the fastest guy through turn one, you know, back in the day. I can't remember how fast it was, like 160 something through turn one. It was crazy back then, how yeah. fast the, big, the, the old track was. And uh, anyway, so then he, then he rode Ariane Honda. He rode, he tested the factory Honda Superbikes. He rode for Yamaha Superbike. I mean, he's had just a, a big career. So he, he raced a MotoGP bike. He raced a MotoGP bike and got, I can't remember, inside the top 10 in like the rain, right? I think he finished seventh. Something yeah, like something that. up there. It was pretty impressive. He raced World Supersport. I remember, uh, uh, was it, uh, what's his name? Craig what's that? Jones. Yeah, when Craig Jones passed, I think he rode in Craig Jones' spot. Um, that yeah. Time. I can't remember. What yeah, and I remember, um, what's his name? That other Turkish rider was complaining that the crazy American oh. rides rides so was it so crazy Sifonglu? kind of thing, you know? Sifonglu or whatever, Sifonglu. Yeah, Sifonglu. Yeah, I think he was like waving at him in the middle of a race, and I don't think they got along well. But anyway, so a guy with that much experience, you put him back on your bike, you're going to get a lot of critique. And so you have to put on your big boy pants and not take it personally. You know what I mean? So he did pick pick away at the bike. And uh, and little tiny areas, you know, like I don't like the way the throttle comes on, you know, but well, Jake goes from zero to open. Right. So he likes to work that little bit of throttle and adjust his line mid corner. I kept wanting to say, why are you adjusting your line? Are you offline? You know, but anyway, so he's he has a lot of those types of criticisms and you just have to work through them all. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're going to be doing a test at Coda. Uh, I think they announced the replacement rider for PIRC, right? Yeah, they uh, did. Earlier today. I, I got the memo from Andrea while I was out on the bicycle this morning. Yeah, so he'll be, Josh will be there for the first part of the first day. Okay. Because, uh, you know, they announced it was going to be JD Beach and uh, JD will be in, in the afternoon oh, okay. to be able to take over for the blazing hot day it's going to be. It's going to be ridiculously hot. You know, 104, I hear, 105. And so it's supposed to keep spiking up from noon on so josh will at least get a chance to ride in the morning when it isn't quite 100 yet it might be right but anyway so he he, he 
you know, he nitpicks the bike a little bit here and there, but it's all stuff that's useful that could help develop the bike of the future, you know? Yeah. And uh, he showed a lot of speed. I mean, he showed, he was pretty impressive for what he did on the motorcycle. I don't know if running two classes helped him because it seemed like when he got off the 600 and got onto the superbike, it took him a couple laps to get his head around the brake markers, the turn points, not rushing corners, you know, right. uh, not rolling everything so much as far as you know, opening the throttle a little more aggressively, getting through that turn one, two area. You know, that, that was a little bit of a speed, a speed differential there from the 600. Okay. And areas he was really strong, like turn three, he could really dive down, dive down underneath him. I think he passed Escalante there when he was chasing down, uh, who was in, who was in third? I think he was chasing down, uh, Karen or somebody, but yeah, the third in race one. And if the thing went a little bit longer, he would have probably caught him. It looked like yeah, it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had, was Aaron or was it, uh, PJ? I don't, I don't remember. One of those. Yeah. I can't remember now. Yeah. I don't remember the top three was even that this, this quickly, again, I've already forgot. But anyway, uh, I, I mean, he finished fourth, so it was, it was pretty good for his debut, having sat off a motorcycle five years. Yeah, the dude, years. the dude hasn't ridden superbikes in five or six years. And no, 2017. Off. So yeah, so that was at five years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this makes it year six. Right. I guess you call six, you call five, whatever. Yeah. So five years away from superbike, guy goes out, finishes fourth on a bike he hadn't raced ever. Yeah, he did one day on it um, at button some Dunlop, Dunlop thing at Button Willow. He, we didn't change a thing on it. He just went out and did, did some I, laps. I, I was there. I remember him talking about how hard it was to ride and how out of shape he is and all. Yeah, that's you all know, changed. All, but... all the golly gee shuck stuff that he does. Yeah. But the thing is, back then, he kind of was. Uh, he wasn't race fit because he wasn't racing except for. No, the, he was one, off. One, yeah. race, one race here and there for the squid dudes, right? The squid hunters. Yeah. So, yeah, now he's now he's doing it full time and he's been he training. Looks, I, I he think looks, he looks fit, man. Like to go and do those races back to back like that. I mean, yeah, the first day he, he looked really strong. The second day, they had a red flag in, in the six hundred race or that six hundred race. I keep saying that super sport race. There's no six hundred yeah. except for the Yamaha. Uh, but they they had they had a red flag in the super sport race that pushed everything back and it was a quick turnaround. Yeah, I think he had like. I think when he got on the podium, they were, they were saying three minutes. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the bikes could roll three minutes. So he basically had to cut the podium ceremony short, run back to our pit, and he looked spent on, on day day three of doing this stuff, you know? He looked spent on in the pit box on TV, too. Like, he was <clears throat> he was drinking water, and he had, like, a he, it's like you could tell he was taking it. He's like... <sighs> You know, like, <laughs> yeah, was that race two? <laughs> yeah. Race yeah. one, he looked really good. <laughs> yeah. You know, he got off the bike and he was giving us our, our his feedback. And, uh, you know, I said, tell me you're tired because you're not even breathing hard. And he goes, I'm tired. Okay, good. I feel better. <laughs> okay. So I got tired just watching him. You know, I watched him through the 600 race or the, there you go again, super sport race. And then um, watch him, and then watching him in the super bike. I said, "Man, that dude's doing a lot of work." It was pretty hot too. Yeah. It wasn't exactly a nice, cool day out there. Yeah, and you know, he got he with the eighty seventh win. That's uh, yeah. He's he's a new all time winner. Yeah. Beat Dohamel. Yeah, you know, Dohamel hadn't raced since what two thousand four or something five. Something right. like that. Yeah. 
But Duhamel rode multiple classes. He was he was a winner in everything practically that he rode. Yeah. So and back in the day, we used to ride multiple classes. Just they weren't double double uh, double races. You do yeah. uh, the superbike guys. A, a lot of them would race super sport on Saturday, and then they would superbike on Sunday. But all the all the practices switched from one to the other, and so it was quite a busy schedule back then, even. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I do. What was it, Miguel and um, Aaron Yates? Uh, yeah. Occasionally, yeah. you would see Doug Chandler on a six hundred back then. Um, all of our guys did Gober, double duty. You know, Gober. all of our guys did double duty. Yeah. Um, all the way back, I think even Pridmore, Pridmore did double duty. I think he rode Formal Extreme and, and Superbike at the same time. Yeah. Um, Hayes, when he was on our bike, he rode uh, Superstock and Formal Extreme. Uh, Spees rode uh, Supersport and Formal Extreme. It's like a lot of these guys did double duty. Right. Uh, Richie Alexander did Super Superstock, I think, and and Formal Extreme. And then later on, Hayes rode uh, Superstock and Superbike on the Kawasaki and so on and so on. So it was pretty yeah. common for guys to jump off of one type of bike and hop on another. Right. And a lot of times they were similar and sometimes they weren't. It might have been a 600 to a leader bike. And they all got used to doing it. It's kind of unheard of now. They kind of went away from that. But but now that you have two races, you know, we did four races. So it was, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I think the bikes are more physical now. They're less mental and more physical. Well, because Josh, of, Josh was saying something similar to that at the test, and actually, you, you let uh, Pridmore ride the thing that week too, <clears throat> and um, they both kind of said similar things. Like uh, because the electronics, which are supposed to make the bike easier to go fast, which is true, you have to to get the advantage to take advantage of those electronics. You have to ride the thing much higher, you know, uh, harder. Yeah, to ride it's not. Thing. You have to yep. ride the shit out of the thing to get it to to benefit out of it. Is that well, the really the consistency, the consistency of the electronics <laughs> and the, the better chassis and suspension and the and uh, kind of here and there on the tires, but <laughs> the tires back then were pretty good. You know those Entex. Yeah. But um, the consistency of all that and the and the higher level, the brakes, the stopping power, all that is it makes it very very physical. And it also means that you could ride the bike hard from, from flag to flag. Right. There's no resting. You could ride it hard from the beginning to the end, as hard as you, you want to ride it. And uh, so that that's very, very physical. Same with the small bikes, you know? Right. Yeah, you know, he had a good race in race two with, with the uh, in the super sport class. And uh, I think that he used up a lot of his energy then. So he's, he looked pretty spent before the superbike race. And yeah. still wasn't able to get a second fastest lap of the race you know somewhere yeah. in there right before you ran off, ran off the track yeah and so like i said before you you know you you guys left with jake having a pretty healthy points lead there yeah it was it was kind of strange seeing cameron bobier um you know mess up a couple times yeah because he rides super predictable yeah and super good right and super strong from from flag to flag and I don't know what is why he he felt that he had to be so anxious. Why he was so anxious to get up there? He had pace all weekend, and he could have just hung out like he did at Ridge. He's probably kicking himself now for for doing that. But yeah, you know, um, I told Dave Weaver, his his uh, his uh, crew chief, I said, man, I would I would have put him aside, and go, dude, you can you can chill. You don't need to be so so much so hurried in the opening lap 
you know, where, where he started down low on that, you know, it's pretty dirty down there. Remember Jake was getting big spins. Yeah. Coming, trying to launch a bike there. And it was pretty hard to get up, get up into, into turn, uh, turn three because you spin a lot. So you don't necessarily get the whole shot. So that might've happened. I don't know. It's pretty dirty down there where he launches the bike. So Jake got in a, you know, our bikes whole shot really good. And they're pretty good from, from zero to whatever. Seems better than BMWs. Your bikes are good from zero to whatever. Yeah, I mean, whatever the first corner is, right? They get yeah. to the first corner really quick. Yeah. Some tracks are really short and some tracks are really long. I mean, that that track, it's you got two fast corners in the straightaway between them to get to turn three, really. Yeah. That's really your first corner. And when you're, when you're, when, uh, you're on a standing start. And so um, I don't know if he felt pressured to get up in there and lead every lap or, you know, he just kind of made a mistake in the first one and backed in, got sucked in there and he tagged the back of back of uh, Jake and almost knocked him down. I think they're both then, lucky for that one, dude. Yeah, and then PJ went and then PJ went sideways trying to avoid him. And then, you know, uh, Skultz got into the back of PJ and that sprocket buzzed right through his cooler and his radiator and put oil and water all over the racetrack. I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. Quite a bit. Of Luckily, it wasn't MotoGP because in MotoGP he would have been penalized. Oh, who PJ would have been? No, Cameron. Oh, Cameron would have been. Oh, yeah. You hit somebody on the start like that, you're going to get penalized. Oh yeah, long lap penalty or a grid position. Double long lap penalty or or a time penalty or yeah. something. The stewards have come up with good old Freddie Spencer and well, company. Well, unless he's uh, <clears throat> unless he was Spanish, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess, guess they don't give like great, great big penalties. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, isn't that what happens? Like, uh, you know, there's, there's like favoritism towards the Spaniards in that series. Maybe? No, I mean, that's not what I hear. I think, well, I mean, it is Dorna and there's a lot of Spaniards there and a lot of Spanish riders and right. Italian riders. But I think the talent's just kind of there right now. Used to be the talent pool came from the U.S., and then the talent, then there was a lot of Canadian talent like Cravier and Duhamel and whoever else. Yeah. And now it's kind of like the Italians and the Spaniards, you know? Yeah. There's not really a yeah. lot of Aussies anymore. There's, you know, there's a few, there's a few, but, uh, um, though. I mean, yeah, it's small. Yeah. And, uh, so I think when it comes to bias, I think that most people point towards Freddie Spencer and the Honda connection more yeah. than the Spanish connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he was, I think he was a Honda guy and he's one of the stewards and that's what I hear. And so anyway, that's what I hear on the backside. I just got told to turn up my mic, so I turned it up a little bit more. Like it's almost all the way up. This mic Yeah, you kind of mumble in your mic. It's hard to read, hard oh, to listen. That, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I just have my mouth too close. Yeah, to speak up. Speak up, soldier. Sound off like you got a pair. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a couple new mics. Um, the next Google check, I'm gonna get us. I'm gonna get us both mics, and I'm gonna get you headphones. No, then I feel like I'm I'm doing this thing full time. I don't want to feel that way. Shut your mouth, like you're. I have headphones. I have bikes to build and stuff to design and business to run, and I'm not a podcaster. I'll leave that to you. Uh, okay. What do they call yeah. this? They call it podcast. What do they call this little interaction? I I don't know. I mean, it's it's a podcast. Blog podcast. I think, I think it's two dudes talking shit on the internet. Like that's yeah, and, and other people want to listen to it. It's really weird. Now you have commercials on this thing, which is yeah, really I annoying. I'm sorry, like I don't get to pick that stuff, but 
I don't need, I've never seen one, but halfway through a sentence, like Bobby Fong was saying something, I went to commercial. <laughs> yeah, but and, you know, like it I comes mean, in halfway through the next, I had to back it up a bit to listen to what he had to say. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because I, right. I saw him on, I saw him before race two, you know, he did really good in race two, Fong did. Yeah. I saw him for a race two, and I'm like, hey, man, you, you guys are really getting that thing going. And I said, that's good. I'm glad to see it. And then we talked about, you know, how they lowered the seat because he was struggling with the height of the seat. Yeah. And uh, they had made their own own tank tail combo, and I think they just missed by a little bit. They made the thing a little too tall. So uh, Bobby Peterson, you know, Cameron's dad, Cameron Peterson's dad, he's, his, he's uh, Bobby's crew chief. They came over and measured our bike. I'm like, oh, we're like 20 millimeters taller. I'm like, ooh. That's a that's a big deal on these bikes to make Especially them comfortable. Especially because like, Bobby's, Bobby's kind of a midget too, so like. Yeah, he's pretty small. Yeah, I heard yeah. his best thing. He wants to really ride a motor two bike. So I'm like, yeah, you're pretty small. He's fast. He's pretty small. You know, he's yeah. he has a lot of experience too, so he's probably fairly particular about every little setting. But I watched him ride. I'm like, man, he's being so aggressive on the bike. He's gonna wear himself out. And I said, dude, you gotta chill a little bit, smooth out. And then I think he was talking about that on on Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I told him, I told him what you said. Time. You're like, yeah, man, you looked pretty good there for a little bit. <laughs> it's like, you looked like you were going good, you know? Yeah. He, if you he's smooth that trying. up, you go a little faster. Yeah, you know what? The This particular bike, the harder you try, I think the less it rewards you. Mm. You know, I, I, at least I, I should say it doesn't reward you overriding it. You know, so that okay. when you smooth out, try to hit your points and open the throttle at the right time and let the electronics do the work, that's what rewards you. Well, like Jake, it, it, Jake seems it's to a pretty common tendency to. What's that? I said Jake seems to have that stuff figured out, man. Yeah, for the most part, I think I think what we're lacking right now is is the relationship of the tires to the bike. Yeah. These tires are quite a bit different than last year. They don't have that same like. You don't, they don't have that same grip in the opening laps the last year's tires did. They seem to take a few, a few laps longer, especially this. And they seem to be just a tick harder for whatever reason. Not, not the actual compound, but I think the way the, the carcass lays the compound down. Yeah. It's spread. It's, you know, it's supposed to be a little bigger contact patch, and maybe it's counter, counterintuitive that it doesn't have as much grip. But I think the heat built into the old tires faster because of the contact pack size. I mean, that's something that Hunter would have to, Hunter from Dunlop would have to explain, but it seems that these tires just are taking a little bit of a different setting. And unfortunately, all of our winter testing was on the old tires. Right. We designed the bike around the old tires. So it's kind of hard mid season to just drop what you're doing and go a different direction because you don't want to give up any sessions. Right. Yeah, but uh, well, so you don't I mean, want to stray too far outside the window. What's that? Know, I was I was gonna go into that. I mean, I talked to Kid Hill last night too, and he said that their guys were in Super Sport anyway versus last year. They at Brainerd they were quite a bit quicker, but um, for Superbike, you know, the race winning time was the race distance was like fifteen seconds slower. Super Sport, I think the only class that went faster was Superstock. Uh, he said their lap times were quicker than last. I'll have to I'll have to test that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe the small bikes got through that last sector better Yeah. because they changed the, they changed their approach to turn, uh, what is it, 10 and 11 or whatever those turns are. Was that nine, 8 and 10, 8 and 9 or 9 and 10? Okay. That left hand, that right hand thing, they changed the approach from, from, the, uh, from the carousel chicane thing 
Yeah. All the way into where it comes past us, the right-hander. Okay. So um, that left-hander, they changed the approach to that. Something it is something, but it was basically about eight tenths slower on the super bike through that section. Yeah, and it looked so you had like to make that. Up the eight. I like could show you some of the uh, some of the data off that okay. where we were losing time and it was all in that section versus last year. Yeah, I was just curious. You know, Jake's done twenty nines there, and you know, he didn't he didn't go anywhere near that this weekend. Yeah, no, it's true, and I think it was uh, also the the track seemed to be not as grippy, so I think the uh, the sewer bikes may have had a little harder time putting the power down. Yeah, um, somebody said. Yeah. Um, I think somebody told Ken this because I had him on last night, but he said uh, the writers were complaining. Can you hear that Ranchero music? I sure can. What the hell? I'm going to go outside and tell this guy to turn that shit off. Does he know we're in the middle of a podcast or whatever this is? <laughs> the guy's sitting right outside like, blasting his truck. I mean, you know, I could have my dog come in and bark a little bit. I feel like I should be eating a quesadilla right now. Maybe so. I mean, you know, maybe so. Yeah. yeah, so uh, he was saying that uh, uh, there was a few writers that were complaining about the lack of grip, and they were saying that um, they hadn't they hadn't ridden that hard to go that slow in a long time. No, yeah, I think on the big bike the grip was definitely down. Um, you can see how much even PJ was moving around. He was sliding the crap out of the bike. I think he really, really, really wanted to win that second race. Yeah, he did. And I don't blame him. And. Jake, after Cameron Bobby had fell down, I don't think he really, really, really wanted to fall down trying to He was right first. there, though. I mean, he, you know, Jake was right there. He didn't let uh, PJ get away, you know. Like, no. He made PJ earn the shit out of that win. But Yeah, I, I got to think. I mean, I didn't ask Jake, but the last the last time before this race, we walked away with a, a bike that was broken in half, if you right. recall. Yeah. Yeah. In that same corner where uh pridmore was cringing every time jake came through there because he was so close to the edge of the track yeah and so i think he, his approach to brainerd was a little bit you know calm right i just have to, I just have to think that way you know the first race we won obviously you didn't have to try too hard to do that he just kept pj behind him and and that was that and i think in race two when pj passed him uh, around the outside or wherever he went through that turn nine ten area yeah. That he's okay, recalibrate. Let me try passing back, and it didn't happen. Yeah, you're talking about this turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. And that, exactly. was, that was one where it wasn't even as gnarly. That close. No, a couple of them I showed him. He's like, oh, I didn't realize I was that close to the edge. Right. Right. I, I didn't want to say, well, dude, that's where we end up with, you know, trying to buy a, a drone license for our front end. Yeah, I mean, would you call it a, a, a trebuchet? Trebuchet, yeah. Yeah, yeah trebuchet. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's when it was way up in the air. I was hoping it didn't kill a corner worker. <laughs> but that was last year, and this year we walked away with uh, very minor damage. So I was happy with that, and we extended the points lead. So on, on as a whole, it was a success. You're right. You right. know, did we want to race Cameron Bobia? Yeah. Do we want to beat Cameron Bobia? Yes. We didn't have a chance to do that, but. There's more races to come. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty unusual to have uh, CB out for the weekend. You know, that dude doesn't make a lot of Dude, mistakes. he banged his head hard. I have not seen him donut a weekend like uh, since uh, Indy when he was riding for us, right? Like, Yeah, he banged his head there too, but not as hard as this. He took right. like 
double triple whack of that thing. Yeah, it looked. You know, and then I think I think they they deemed him unfit, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. bummer. I would like to see him race. Actually, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I mean, he. Everybody knows. Like, I mean, the, everybody's a big fan of his. You know, the guy. How could you not be a fan of him? He's he's a talented. Yeah, he's been riding really hard. I think I think some of that Moto Two aggression in the opening laps still sticks. You know. Yeah. I don't think you need to be that aggressive in the opening laps, but the, what caught him out caught Jake out twice last year. You know, right. we we had that spin around crash. We got lucky. Well, that was that same turn. What's that? That was uh, twenty one, wasn't it? Oh yeah, twenty one. Sorry, yeah. twenty one. Yeah. Twenty two. We broke the bike in half. Right. So twenty one. He had two crashes. One in the exact same corner that the camera crashed. In testing, right. we were there for you. Were there? Yeah. Uh, we were there for like. He did a handful of laps, six or seven laps. Put in a fast lap. Next flying lap. Boom. He, he crashed the bike and and then he hurt his hand and he had to go have it checked out. So he was done. He'd still set the fastest lap of the of the test for two days later. Nobody could go any faster. Yeah. He did it in two laps. So and then. Uh, we came to the race and uh in the race you know he fell off the thing again spun around backwards in that corner it looked like the bmw was going to do the same thing just spin around backwards but it caught and it spit him over the top so that was kind was of, like one of do you think it was one of those um i think you've described it as an inertia high side yeah it, it's it slid in with a rear and you know the bike's carrying a lot of it's got a lot of momentum going in there you know and just yeah. came around the rear these tires, they seem to be, I noticed in the data that, that as the bike goes to full lean, the front accelerates a bit. So the profile is changing somewhere and we haven't put our finger on it yet. And so when it accelerates a bit, it gives you this false uh, negative slip, you know, in the, in the uh, EB. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't know if that affects electronics or we're trying to put our, uh, you know, ours is more open loop, so it, it doesn't affect us as much, but some guys are running closed loop stuff. It might, you know, if they don't, if they're not tuning up their tire diameters just right, it's something you can see in the data and it's, it's pretty interesting, but it's something we didn't have last year. So something I was noticing during the race one anyway, and a little, a little bit somewhat in race two, um, PJ was just really hungry to get that win in race two, but, um, yep. in race one, it looked, and two really, um, it looked like the, the Yamaha was quite a bit better than the BMW at some of the exits, specifically the exits of the slower corners. I mean, it, it just looked like the Yamaha just got a huge jump on the corner yeah. and then, I, and then, yeah, I, and then PJ, PJ couldn't hang, you know, couldn't you take advantage of the power advantage he has, you know? Well, we were, we were, and if you watch race one, we were really strong in, in the fastest sections. Yeah, that, yeah. So I was pretty happy, but we worked on speed quite a bit going in there, top speed. Okay. Because we've been giving up a lot of top speed. Okay. And so some of it had to do with electronics. Some of it had to do with taking some risk. Like uh, last year, we, we were using a lot of strategy in those, in those fast turns. And that hurt some of our acceleration getting off the fast turns. Because if you have cut in the middle of the corner, but you probably saw Jake just burning the tire oh, coming, yeah. coming to I mean, turn turn two or turn one. Yeah, he would tip into turn two, and the thing would just. Burn. As soon as he gave the throttle, yeah, yeah. Well, that's they let the rider take care of that. Yeah, it's a pretty hard place to high side, but in hindsight, you could probably do it with these tires. I don't know. Right. 
you know so we we allowed the bike to have more power in those in those areas because there's power there it's just how how do you use it yeah you know so we allowed the bike to have a little more power in those areas so it was a little bit harder for the bmw just to pull up alongside and make a pass just couldn't do it you know so in race two where did he make his pass in the in the slowest sectors right you know that rolling that the out of the out of the carousel chicane thing and then rolling that left hander i think is where he made his pass yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense. yeah but we were pretty strong and then uh the the, the ducati looked awful coming out of the last turn uh, you know up onto the bank up onto turn was... one <laughs> yeah well, there's a lot of bumps there and it just looked terrible it looked like no fun to ride well both ducatis kind of look shit there you know like the, even their yeah. sport bike didn't go good you know but yeah you yeah chavi chavi had such a points lead anyway he could he could mulligan that one you know like yeah i don't think i think he probably came and saw the arm cone he's like yeah i think i'll just get some points and go home in one piece right right you know that brainerd i, I like brainerd you know i, I like the area I, I you know we went we went and found this nice uh well we've been going there it's a it's a nice uh camp what they call it, ernie's on the gull or something like that nice restaurant on the lake i mean it's, it's a pretty cool place to go hang out if you're from that area with the kids and the family and all that and okay decent margaritas and decent you, know, margaritas. <laughs> you know some of the uh old yosh guys which are now m4 guys you know uh rat and and um and john and some of the other guys are were there so you know we had a good time one of the nights and uh anyway yeah it's a cool place to go the armco that isn't it's just use armco for the pit entrance and it's not all lined up and there's weeds everywhere growing out of it and it just looks rough like a canadian track you know well i mean it's basically a suburb of canada right like <laughs> no isn't canada a suburb of the united states there's that too <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, it's, yeah. it's the biggest state of the United States. Right, right. So, somewhat. It's like it's like Northern California, basically. No, I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. no, Brainerd, Brainerd is a cool place to go. I, I wish we were on the old track. You know, but they would have to do a lot that. of work to make that thing safe. I and I mean, how about how about? Uh, I haven't seen a bike hit a wall that hard since Corey Alexander. I mean, Corey Alexander's bike. Yeah. I mean, that thing went thud. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, dude. And you hear it on TV even. It's like, man. Yeah. Rough. And Carl Sire, who's, who was my suspension guy back when Hayes rode. Yeah. You know, our, our Suzuki. Yeah. He's now Corey's crew chief. He came back out of retirement from Canada to help Corey Alexander, who was Richie Alexander, was one of our riders when when Richie was riding, right. Carl was our suspension guy. So it was totally bring the gang back together. Even Steven Resmer, who was one of our mechanics back then, who lives in Minnesota now, showed up all white hair and stuff, you know, the hat covering his white hair. And anyway, it just 20 years later, it's just amazing. And, and again, amazing that Josh is riding the same, like nothing's changed with that dude. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So yeah. you, uh, so Jake's got this, you guys and Jake have got conspired and you're doing this new thing now where Jake's handed out trophies in the winter circle. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, 
ah, I hate to sound arrogant, but we got so many damn trophies around here that it's time to give them away. I don't know what to do with them all. I know it sounds stupid and silly, but so uh, Jake's been giving away because he's like, hey, is it okay if I sign these things and just give them away? I'm like, sure, whatever. So yeah, you want to share a picture of this one kid? Sure. Yeah, let me show you. Because Jake's always been that guy. He gives away. Well, Bobby started doing that. He gives away his Dunlop hat every, you know, almost every time. And yeah, so it's, it's starting to load here. You see it? Yeah, no. Anyway, so, uh, man, this internet connection is kind of slow. So, I, uh, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have this trophy here. We start, I think I want to start giving away trophies from the shop. Right so we have this trophy. And this one here is, see, I don't know if you can read it. It's kind of backwards, isn't it? It's from 2020. That's from 2020, but that's Cam Bobier's uh, first place trophy from Pittsburgh. Nice. So PIRC, so that was from 2020. I want to give that away. So if somebody wants it, maybe they can come to Pittsburgh and I'll just give it to them. Oh, or, wow. you know what, we could have a, like a little game if they can come up with some trivia stuff. But we have a bunch of them and we can start doing some trivia stuff. First place trophies, team trophies, some of them are pretty cool. And uh, yeah, they're pretty cool thing to have. Like, a, should, he's got a first we, place trophy. Should, and we up, should we come up with a question that somebody could uh, look up the answer to, or whatever, or, or maybe know it, and then just the first person that shows up to Pittsburgh gives you the answer to it, and you give them the trophy? Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, what? Let's see. What should we use? You know, we gave away our team trophy. Some some woman, I guess, was over there first time at the track, and she was over there. Uh, taking pictures of our team trophy was sitting there on display. I can't seem to share this one thing. I don't know why. Oh, this program you have for doing this thing is dumb. Yes, you shared it earlier. I don't know what the fuck happened, dude. <laughs> I don't know. It's your stupid program. Oh, it's what my do they call program. this thing? Riverside or something like that? Yeah, it's called Riverside. That thing's wow. terrible. It is kind of shit, isn't it? Oh, look, there it is. Is it? I can't even see it. I don't see it yet, but I see like you're sharing something. It kept dumping it. I don't know what's going on with this silly yeah, program here. Yeah. But anyway, so um, this lady comes over and she's taking pictures of it. And Lee's like, you want that trophy? <laughs> I told Lee, just give the thing away, you know, to any spectator that's really, really wants it. And and she's like, no way. Yeah. And as he handed it to her, she was like in tears. She said it was the first time there. It's the best time she ever had, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that's cool. Give back to the fans a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. I Here's a good question. This actually came from one of the fans, and he's probably not. Oh, gonna... it just popped up. It popped yeah, up and it disappeared. Off. I don't know. You clicked it off. Um, yeah, I did. <clears throat> yeah, so um, we shared it again. <clears throat> yeah, uh, irate, irate Barry out of Utah has a pretty good question. Yeah. Um, Why is the old irate? I don't know. Why, I mean, have you... You you haven't you might not have met Barry yet. He's a little short guy, dude. Of course he's Barry. Oh well, yeah, the small man syndrome. Yeah, dude, he's like a little little short guy. Little Napoleon going on. Yeah, he's got a mullet and everything, like you know. No. Yeah. Um, but he just texted me an interesting question that we might be able to use. I was thinking more something specifically with attack. uh, There you go. Racing. But uh, yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, this little kid got a first place trophy. Can you imagine what that kid's going to grow up like? Like, wow, that's pretty cool. Or, yeah, hopefully, maybe that'll motivate him to go racing. Or he might be filling that thing up with beer when he's 16 and drinking out of it. I don't know. Or, yeah, uh, cake stands and shit out of that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, he was yeah. happy as hell. 
So I rate Barry's uh, trivia question. Maybe I, I don't know. He said, "What did yeah. What did Mr. Yamaha make before pianos?" What did Mr. Yamaha make before pianos? Yeah. Hmm, that's a good one. I don't know. I don't know either. Was it, was it World War II related or something? I have no idea, dude. I mean, Kawasaki made aircraft. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. But uh, maybe you know, maybe it. I think it, the question should be some more, uh, more along the attack Yamaha or the attack racing realm. You know, like a certain, mm. like name a rider who did this or whatever or that. I don't know. We'll come up with something. Yeah, but we'll come up with something. We have a boatload of trophies. I'd like to start maybe having a little contest to give those things away. Okay. We'll just we'll just ship them off to somebody who who gets it right. Yeah. If we come up if we come up with a question, I could put it in the description of this video too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then they can do research. Yeah, that's true. That's lame. That's no good. Somebody's going to Google Maybe it. Maybe not. I mean, I don't know if you could Google back that far with their attack racing. It's so old. Right. <laughs> it's as old as Hayes. <laughs> older, right? Yeah. It is older. Yeah. Wow, man. Oh, he says watches. Watches? Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, apparently, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Wow, that's that's something. Hmm. hmm. That might make sense because Tom was telling me that he gets a sprocket, like a watch, I think, every year or after a certain, like I don't know if it's every ten years or something like that. Yeah. He gets a sprocket, it's like a watch or something, and so that may make sense why he can get a watch. I don't know. It's also so, a sprocket. So I have somebody. Uh, I have a bunch of questions actually that I'm going to get to. Promise yeah. you guys, I'm gonna to get to all these questions. But one yeah, let's get to questions because we're talking about boring. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, somebody was at. I'll I'll name them in a second. But um, one of them was asked. One of the fans was asking if we could see a data overlay between Josh and Jake. Yeah, if you give me a little heads up on that stuff, it'd be easy. But I'll I'll work on it while you're yeah. while you're chatting. Well, yeah, okay. And I'll give the person credit whenever I figure out. Um, uh, what do you want? Like fastest lap to fastest lap? or Yeah, fastest lap to fastest lap. Like that, that'd that be a good comparison. Do you think? Um, Let me see. I think my Morelli just shit itself. Your Morelli always shits itself, dude. Especially when you're connected to this crap. It's Italian software. What can I say? It's a little bit temperamental and emotional. And, and a lot of crying. <laughs> Crying and hugging. Yeah, a lot of hugging and crying is going on with this Morelli software. Wow. All right, so uh, Tyndall, uh, Tyndall Motorsports says, uh, he's throwing this out there because uh, he's working in his garage right now, but uh, okay. as, a business owner, as a business owner and a, quote, mechanic, what advice do you have for time management and running your own shop? Boy, time management. Ooh, that's a heater, right? <laughs> you, oh, you know, the time management is the hardest thing because you just you just never know when you're going to – I mean, it's always the same. Like, you're running your shop, right? And I see a lot of shop guys do this. They go, oh, that'll take five hours, so I'm going to charge five hours. And then, oh, that went wrong, or oh, so-and-so called me, or oh, I dropped that ball bearing in the cylinder or something. I don't know. Something happens and that five hours turns into six or seven or eight hours. So you, you always have to leave a little bit of fudge factor. And, and then the second thing is if you fuck up, I mean, mess up. Boy, did I say that? If you mess up, 
don't blame the customer. He didn't mess up. You messed up. You know what I mean? So you don't try to make it up on the customer. You just you just do what you promised and get it done as fast as you can, as good as you can. I think that's the best thing. And, and you're going to learn as you go along the way because you're going to be like, man, I did that job way too cheap. And one time this guy told me when I, when I was real young, he said, if you have a lot of business, a lot of business you can't handle, you're not charging enough. Hmm. You know, a lot of business you can't handle. Like you got people or you're not being picky enough with the jobs. Yeah. So you got you got to pick and choose your battles also. So as a mechanic and a business owner, I imagine he's independent, you know, owner operator type type thing. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, let me see if I get this data. Okay. August Nord has a question while you're looking up your data. Um, Yeah. She says you want race two or race one data uh race one okay jake, jake won that one so yeah yeah right right okay yep. so august nord um you know she's a privateer super sport racer herself i don't think i've seen her on the circuit this year though I, she did have mm-hmm. a big injury but she says uh why not so why not give someone fresh a shot at the bike instead of digging up the past Perfect opportunity with the championship sealed and three more rounds to go. I vote for Rocco. You know, Rocco's name came up. Did it? But I mean, it's not my place to pick the riders, so I can't. I can't really pick the riders. Right. It's it's Yamaha picks the riders, but Rocco's name did come up, and uh, so there's there's a, a few different factors, right? So Rocco's riding in Aprilia. Right. Right in in the super sport class or not super sport twins cup twins cup Cup, yeah and Yamaha's got an R seven in twins cup and they would love to win the championship right right so Rocco is obviously in in that deal where he's 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 made himself the enemy no I mean (laughs) he's not the enemy and his name comes up a lot I mean he's 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 a bit of a wild child I think he would admit that his dad would admit that he's he's looking way fitter than I've ever seen him yeah. You know, he's pretty fit. I think his riding's getting better. Yeah. Um, he has a couple things he's got to work on. The main thing he's got to work on is, is other than being a bit of a wild child, is and he's pretty smart, actually. Post-race you know? interviews. And, what's that? Post-race interviews. I uh, haven't really heard that much, but I heard he's not that great. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, I haven't listened to everything because we're busy doing our super bike thing. Yeah. But I know him. I know his dad. And his name didn't come up. It's just that he's riding that Aprilia, and I hear he's got a shot at riding the Supersport a Ducati next year too. So oh, all wow. that stuff kind of weighs into the factor. Plus, they have a, they have a criteria, and and one of them is uh, which Rocco fit in was uh, and is he eighteen? Was he seventeen? I I can't remember, man. That was the other question mark because you know if you want to give a fresh guy. Which is the number one thing Yamaha would like to do is get a, give a fresh guy a start, right? Show the paddock that hey, if you do well on the Yamaha, you got a shot at riding a superbike. Right. You know, uh, Blake Davis's name came up also, but oh. he's 16, 16 or 15 or six, I, 16. So think 18 is a limit. I think Rocco might have turned 18 this year. I think so. That's yeah. Right. Plus, the, you know, the other thing too with Rocco is he's terrible in the rain. You know, he's got to go do some rain riding and uh, he's got to spend, a, you know, a few days at that Dunlop wet track. 
if he can get on there somehow. I would, yeah. if I was him, that's what I would do. Not be afraid of crashing in the wet. And, and that's a misconception too. People think, oh, it's raining, you're automatically gonna fall down. Actually, it's it's less chance of falling down in the wet unless you do something stupid. All you gotta do is be smooth. Yeah. You know, if you have the proper tires and a decent setup, you just have to be smooth. That's it. And I'm sure he knows how to do that. He just, as soon as it starts drizzling, he's going the back. And you've seen that in the races. So that's yeah. that's a couple of things. I'm, I'm being pretty candid with what I'm saying. Well, look, I but, mean, you know, I, I, I say the uh, the post-race interview shit, too. I mean, dude, like he, he rode really well. And I, he got, I think, P2 in, in the first race. And, um, you know, they throw the microphone in his face afterwards. And instead of being gracious and acknowledging josh hayes win and all that yeah 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 he he kind of behaved similar to gerloff uh uh when jd beach won instead of him and um, yeah you know i i told him about it too i was like dude don't call gerloff on us on the podium dude like come on man like you could, you're better than oh that. yeah gerloff was almost in tears i was really embarrassed yeah. for him yeah i'm like he should have been he had a scowl on his face that was that was jd's first win and jd's just doing backflips and screaming and stuttering and doing all the things JD does. I mean, he was just, I mean, he was going nuts. Right. Yeah. And then Gerloff's over there. Like he looked like somebody ran over his dog. Yeah. Yeah. And Gerloff's a good guy. I'm like, dude, yeah, come on. Dude. I, I was surprised that Gerloff did that. And you know, it's, it's the heat of the moment or whatever, but yeah, Rocco was like, he, even after the race, race two, even he was pretty pissed off at himself, like really hard on himself. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, he's got to work on that stuff. His his post race interview stuff has been kind of sus the whole time. So, yeah, yeah, unfortunate. But anyway, so so Yama Yama explained their criteria to me, and I, I don't get involved that much with the rider choices. I just, you know, they say, what do you think? And I'll shoot them a list or something and they'll be like, no, 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 no. And then they'll give you, and then, you know, give us the criteria. It's basically that they're, they're looking for promotion, right? If you have a, a slot open, they're looking for someone that's riding a Yamaha, they can move up the, up the chain. And then if that's not available, which is Blake and, and Rocco, and we talked about Rocco, we talked about Blake uh, Davis, right? Blake Davis, right? Uh, and uh, then the next, next step is past champions that want to ride. And that's where Hayes uh, and uh, Beach come into play. I mean, Hayes is four-time Superbike champ, and Beach is two-time Supersport champ. So, and those guys are both super motivated. And and plus, you know, when we put Tony Elias on there, Hayes was pissed. We weren't even thinking about his reaction to that. You know, he was pissed. And I promised him, I said, dude, if, if, if this happens again, and that was what, when Heron got the COVID, right? Yeah. And that was it. At, at Brainerd. Yeah, Brain, right before Brainerd, yeah, and then yeah. and then we end up keeping uh, Tony for a couple more rounds. You know, he went to Pittsburgh also. And Jersey, we did Beach at uh, we did Beach at Brainerd, and and then uh, Beach couldn't do any more. So then it was Tony at Pittsburgh and Tony at New Jersey as well. You know, so um, yeah, Hayes was pissed. So I, I I promised him I said, man, I'll I'll put a good word in for you. And of course, he knows the Yamaha guy. So it's a little bit of a little bit of you know, keeping it in the family type yeah. situation instead of picking some dude out of, the, out of thin air. That's there's a lot of guys who have written other brands that um, could have qualified. But, you know, if you're, if you're not riding the Yamaha and, 
and uh, at least you're not showing something. I know, uh, I you know during our conversations at dinner once, and and Canfield brought up he's like, well, Cam Peterson didn't ride a Yamaha before. I said, yeah, but he already had won a championship, and he was beating other bikes on uh, super bikes on a super stock bike, so he showed quite a bit of ability. Right. And he slotted himself in there at the right time when there wasn't a gigantic pool of guys to to pick from. I mean, we we had recommendations from Valentino Rossi. Right. So you had one of the VR46 guys, uh, Andre Migno, that that they wanted to put on the bike. And that dude that dude trains with Bassanini. He trains with Morbidelli. He trains with all of that. That could have been super interesting. Yeah, it could have been or it could have been super bad. Still that, right? you know. I mean, like he goes to Brainerd or something. And he's like, "What the hell is this?" Oh, I know, right? <laughs> he's back there with Flores, you know, trying to figure out how oh, to get man. around there. Yeah, and then we're like, "Ah, uh, okay." <laughs> wow. So it was, it was, it was the right call, I think. Um, you know, and then of course the other, the other uh, factories, you want to call them that. You know, Yamaha Europe has their pick, and Yamaha Australia has their pick, and so there's a lot of tug of rope and. And so it's just a safer bet just to put on a past champion, like go down the list, like, like they explained to me. So is this, is this substitution thing going to be a race by race thing or does JD have it for the remainder of the season or. You ain't going to ask me questions I can't answer. Oh shit. Okay. You know, I don't know. I didn't know you couldn't answer it, but okay. I mean, they announced that they'll, they'll tell you later on time, right? You know what they said? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to circumvent anything. I already got myself in trouble on this show a bunch of times. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) My big mouth. (laughs) You know what? Speaking of that, speaking of that, I'm not going to bash Motor America this time. Not because I I got any heat or anything or any kind of misunderstanding or stuff like that. I talked to Chuck Ashton. That's all cool. I talked to Teague and 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 um, Nicole, but they were super helpful because our generator and our transporter went down. Right when we're loading up in Laguna, it okay. shit itself. And the parts are back ordered until September or something. I don't know, something crazy. And they want jillions of dollars to fix the damn thing. Right. And uh, so uh, I was I was searching around for a rental place where we can have a, tra- have a different, uh, a, you know, one of those towable generators delivered. And so I just messaged Nicole and boom, she was Johnny on the spot with, with uh, getting Teague to help us with United Rentals and and they helped sort all that out and they dropped it off the track before we got there and they picked it up after we left and the whole thing went super smooth. You know, so I got to thank them for everything they did there. And, you know, when I, when I criticize a series, it isn't because I'm just bashing them for no reason. I want them to think about some of the consequences of the rulemaking. You know, for instance, uh, they had this another, they had an attempt actually at making the, uh, the track cuts, whatever you want to call it, you know. Yeah. Track limits, track cuts, all that kind of stuff, a little more fair. So they came up with a system for the carousel before it was like a five second hard rule, which basically ruins your race. You know, if you ran wide there and couldn't make the turn, lost the front, oh, we got to stand it up, went wide, you know, for whatever reason, and and cut that that silly little thing they put in there. Well, if you got shoved out and you didn't gain a position, then probably they wouldn't have called it. But let's say you got in there a little hot. You know, went through the carousel, got a little hot, couldn't make that last little downshift. Bike jumped out of gear and you stood it up, took, took the exit route, you know, and then you got back on. 
So they came up with a system that um, took the average of the last three laps, and they said that's where your split should be. And you're supposed to, within that same lap, within that same sector, you're supposed to lose a second. If you didn't give up a second, then they penalized you with a difference plus another second. Oh, shit. So it made it more more appropriate for the amount of time you would gain by cutting that little chicane thingy there. Right. But the way they worded it was so confusing that I don't think anybody got it. And there was a lot of back and forth at the riders meeting or the team right. team meeting, team crew meeting. And uh, I talked to Chuck Axland about it and I showed him the rule, you know, the bulletin, which was out actually a day early this time. It was out on Wednesday night, said Thursday night, which was good. I wish I would just email you though the bulletin. That way you don't have to go to the Motor America's website. I think you tried to look for it. You didn't know where it was at. Yeah. And apparently all the Boltons are on the calendar, not the competition rules section, which is confusing a bit. Right. But it's on the calendar where all the the, the schedule is and all that stuff. So the Bolton for that event is on that calendar. Right. So anyway, so I I, I, I grabbed that 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 thing on Wednesday night when I got the hotel, I saw I'll pop, you know, I went in there to see on my phone. Oh, look at that. They got a bulletin. I better send to the crew. So I fired it off the crew and like Lee's like, I opened it. I try to read it. I'm like, yeah, this will wait till the morning. I can't figure it out. Corndog thought it was something different than I thought. Marshall's like, what does this mean? You know, we all looked at it and had all had a different idea of what the heck it meant. So I showed it to Chuck Axland on Thursday and we we're setting up. We talked about our show and what I meant to buy it and all this yeah. stuff. And, He's like, eh, nothing personal, whatever. And uh, so then I showed him the rule. I said, hey, dude, you know, I don't get it. What does this mean? Like, we're not idiots. I don't think, I'm kind of idiots. But anyway, not total idiots. So I think we can read English anyway. So I have no idea. So he tells Nicole, and Nicole texts me, like, oh, crap, I'm being called the principal's office, right? So can you come over here and, and talk with us? I'm like, well, we already left the track. We're already sipping margaritas by that time, I think. Right. And uh, so I go out about 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. So John Cornwell and I went there to the trailer. What we thought the rule meant was completely different than what the idea was. Right. You know, so just a matter of them using a little less words and being more precise. And they put out a, a explanation, another bulletin. Yeah, explained it. This time it wasn't one paragraph. It was a page and a half. And she was trying to lay out these examples to us, or she was laying out these examples of what this rule meant. I said, cool, I get that. Why don't you put the examples on the bulletin so everybody else can get it? You know, so they put the examples out. But my point of the yeah. whole thing is that they're trying. Yeah. You know, they're trying to make it more fair. I still think the Laguna call and that Laguna rule is a bullshit, you know? Yeah, look. There's but... no danger there. There shouldn't be a one-time you know, death penalty if you jump that green or touch it or something like that. I think that's right. BS. And, you know, to yeah, be but... real, uh, this show, uh, by the way, Carruthers, this is my fucking show, not Richard's. Um, and you know what, for uh, Carruthers, you know, for Carruthers and Bice, they should yeah. at least get their facts straight. Yeah. They said something effective. I don't know if it was in the article on a stupid yeah. show of theirs. They said, they said that, um, and if, if, you know what, if they don't want to hear us, they don't have to listen. They can just turn it right. off, right? Yeah, dude. They don't have to come here and listen. But they they said that Jake went his fastest lap when he cut that green, which was completely untrue. He went his fastest lap chasing Bobier after he passed Heron. Right. You know, the fastest lap was the last lap of the race. Right. That's what he did. And he got right. up alongside Bobier, Bobier, just behind him at the start finish. Yeah. But this is so that's the facts. 
Yeah, you know, they should was, at least was, research before they shoot their mouth off. It's easy as that. I, what I was saying though is like this show isn't a shit on Motor America show. Like we really no, it like, isn't. Like, but I'm they like, take it to a first one. They got a they got a fist fight with the audience because the rule is dumb. That rule was dumb right. to give a guy like Jake a two second penalty because he's being unsafe is ridiculous. Right. You know, and it isn't just because of Jake. It's because it's not an unsafe turn. By the time you touch a green where they painted it, it's it's completely safe. You pointed straight down the racetrack. Right. Yeah, you know, and in World Superbike, if you touch a green at all, you get a couple of warnings and the third time around you get you get a long lap penalty or or a time time problem like a Laguna would be a time thing because World Superbike doesn't go there anymore. They don't have a long lap. It's one of the things they'd have to put in there. I don't know where they'd even put it in. Maybe the exit, maybe in the middle of turn two. Two, yeah. They pave a little more out that way, and you have to go around the long way in turn two. I don't know. But they don't have that. They don't, the World Superbike doesn't go there, and they don't have a long lap there. And people go on the green in a very much – a place that's even more less safe is the corkscrew. And they don't have a touch the green, get penalized thing over there. I mean, dude, if you if you cut the corkscrew and you bang in the guy on the outside, you can go on that wall on the left side. Yeah, that's way more unsafe than that turn eleven thing. So I stand by what I said as far as that rule goes. It was dumb, it was stupid, and it should go away. Yeah, you know, or they should at least give us warnings if they really want to play that game. But they they tried, they tried for for Brainerd. Brainerd's a really unsafe place, and for sure that you could gain an advantage by cutting that cutting that chicane, and and so they tried to. To make that work and I, I i thought they did a decent job at explaining it once we figured out what the heck they were talking well, it, about it's cool that they listened too they didn't just they didn't just leave it as it is and hope everybody well, could figure out what they meant yeah apparently Carruthers and bice just wanted to argue with the fans well that's you know i, I think you said it best you know that's there's a reason why you don't you don't you're not on social media <laughs> No, I just choked the crap out of somebody at their house. Dude, like the comments can get so vile, you know. It's like, oh yeah, I mean everyone's everyone's um, you know keyboard warrior until they meet a real warrior, and then they're like, oh oh, right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, yeah. so the the question about the data overlay that was Christopher McCreary. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Yeah. My, this, I'm trying to still fix this, a stupid track over here, but I'll I'll give it a go. All right. For whatever reason, it isn't drawing the drawing the map. But let's. Uh, this thing's horrible. Let me try one more time. Okay. We could scrap it if we need to. It's like. No, just being dumb. Of course. Let me. Uh, let me just. Let me just. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So this is race one. I can explain where the track is. Okay. Don't know why it's not laying out the track. Yeah, oh, there it is. Okay, it did it. Yay. All right, let me see if I can actually share the stupid thing. Between the Morelli and your silly Riverside podcast software, this is like killing me over here. And the software literally is just a web browser. Everybody. Oh, that came up pretty quick. Fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, well, it is stupid. But anyway, uh, so this is, you want to see this thing? Yeah. So here's the track. Can you see the track over here? Yes. Okay. So these are like gears that we use, you know, red being first gear. And, and so let's look at the track first. Josh did not want to use first gear in this corner here. Okay. He thought he was smoother accelerating off of here. And it actually took away a little bit, I do believe. 
So if you look at where you cut, see where start finishes, you see the yeah. little X right yes. there. Yeah. So if I, if I run this around and you go back to that last corner, you see that blue line right there? Yes. Are you sure? Or are you just saying that? No, I see the blue line, dude. Okay. Are you talking shit about me being colorblind again? Yes. Am I talking shit about you about anything? Yes. <laughs> Give me a reason I'll talk shit about you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you see where they've, they've come to the end, the acceleration spot, and you can see Jake, uh, well, the green is where you want to be, okay. right? So, so, okay, let me explain. Blue is, is sector by sector. So we met, we have sectors where we're changing mapping or changing whatever, right? Okay. Torque or mapping, basically, right? Torque, engine braking stuff. So that's the blue. It divides. That's why there's all these little broken areas, right? Yeah. But the green yeah. is overall, like where you gain time, where you lose time. So if you look at starting at the last corner there before you drive up on the banking, you can see where Jake gains some time there. So the variance there is like 0.26. And then by the time he exits that corner, the variance there is 0.32. Oh, so he's gaining a little bit of time just driving off in first gear. You see that? He's getting that jump where, off the corner. Yeah, where Josh was like, ah, Josh is like a field throttle guy. And, you know, he wants the TC down a little bit so he can control the rear tire. Jake's like, smash it, let the electronics do the work. And, uh, so he thought he thought it was smoother to come through here in second. Well, we could have probably spent a little more time on first and made it a little bit better. But when we tried, it was like he would go back to second gear and say it's just smoother. So that's kind of the old school part of him doing his thing, right? And plus, we only had three or four se three sessions to get it right. Yeah. So it isn't like we had two days of testing them to to make the bike perfect for him. He's jumping on a bike. Three sessions later, he's racing, right? So it isn't a lot of time. So that's an area there where Jake made some time on him. And then um, driving through driving through here, so you go back to the here where you go past start finish, right? So you're back on this part of the graph. Yeah. So driving through there and running up on a turn one, pretty even. But driving through turn one, remember Jake doing the big spinning? Yes. I mean, he, he made a big gain there, right? So let's say you're zero there. And at the end there, your variance is two tenths. He gained two tenths just driving through turn one. Shit. Jake was really strong there. And then they were even in turn two, but Jake was super strong in turn one. And 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 in, in race one, Josh was saying, I'm still working up to it. Which I found it kind of surprised because he was an animal on our Kawasaki back in 2004, going through turn one. No one could, Matt Maladin couldn't touch him. Jake Zemke couldn't touch him. Maybe he was just a lunatic going through there. So he has calm down a little bit, I guess. And that's you know, having a family, two kids, this, that. I don't know if it calms you down, but I think it might've calmed him down a little bit. So then he, then he, uh, they're pretty even getting through turn two, like diving in there and just getting through the corner. And then Jake picks up just a little bit, come through two. And then Josh was pretty strong in the brakes going to three. That was a strong point. And he said that he would turn into the apex of the corner and then he would he'd make up a little bit of time on Jake there, but then Jake would jump on the throttle a little bit early and then Jake would get him on the drive out of three going into four. And, but Josh was a little bit faster in four than Jake. So it would come back okay. like this. And then Josh was actually pretty fast going 
and out of four, carrying the roll speed here, which was funny. This was a, this sector here, which went from here to here, like went from there to there. Yeah. He said, I don't feel good through that sector. I go, dude, you're the fastest guy in that on the on the track in that sector. You're red in that sector a bunch of times. Like even the race, he kept popping up red, red, red. In yeah. morning practice, he was red. He goes, I just don't feel good rolling here, you know? So it's amazing how people pick their best sector and criticize the crap out of it, you know? So anyway, he makes up a bunch of time on Jake in that sector. And then they're pretty even coming out of five, or what is this thing? Three, four, five, six. So they're pretty even coming out of six. And then Jake makes up time on the entry of seven, where at that time, or eight, seven is a little kink right here. So the carousel is eight. So they, he makes up time on, on Jake, or Jake makes up time on him through the carousel, through the chicane, and makes up a little bit more time on that right-hander. And then they're pretty even all the way to start finish. Right. So by race two, it changed a little bit because Josh picked up a few things. And actually, Josh had a little faster uh, best race time than Jake did. He was actually winding into it. Do you, you want to see any more of this or no? No, I think I think that's pretty telling. You know how close they're they're pretty close, just a couple. Yeah, of I mean things. there were strengths and weaknesses in both spots, and perfectly honest with you, I think that after Cambodia it fell down in race one, Jake went not in cruise mode, but he kind of went in defense mode. Just kind of he was minding the gap to uh, to uh, uh, PJ. Right. He didn't really go. I'm I'm going to destroy everyone. Yeah. And again, I think the tires just don't let you destroy anyone anymore. Hmm. They don't have that oomph right in the beginning. So you have to do the slip and slide the whole time. So it, it makes it for the fans, it makes the competition a little bit, a little bit tighter. Yeah. I mean, the, the racing this year has been awesome, right? I mean, yeah. Fans yeah. Perspective. Good for the fans, bad for us. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what you wanted, man. You no, I know. No, I welcomed the uh, the Titlers guys, and and I thought it was great when Cambobie signed with them. It was a little bit of a surprise, but you know, I I thought it was going to be really really hard racing with racing against that guy because I know what he's capable of, and I know they have a good bike and they have a good crew, and and so it's 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 been fun. I mean, even the even the Suzuki guys are bringing it with. Uh, I mean, Posh was doing really good this weekend, right? Yeah, he kind of get his head around that thing, and and. Uh, and obviously Escalante's, he stepped up his game quite a bit too. And, and, um, you know, the Westby guys have had a, a bunch of bad luck. Yeah. They and I call it bad luck because, you know, they're weird things have been happening. And I've, I've been in that boat before where strange stuff happens. Everyone's like, you suck, you know, and, and they don't suck. They just been trying to get through they, They've been going really fast. You know, you see some, some laps that are crazy and they got on the podium on the second day, which I was happy for that, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you, know, you know, if they weren't, you know, if, if Skultz wasn't riding well, I mean, Bobby, another lap or two, you know. Yeah, you know, Bobby really figured it out. Yeah. And uh, he likes that track for whatever crazy reasons. And, uh, you know, I like the area more than the track. <laughs> and the people are always really friendly, even though it's out in the nowhere. Right. It just if you go off the beaten path a little bit, like near the couple of lakes, um, like Ernie's or or some of those other places. I think it's it's a pretty cool place to hang out. Yeah, uh, it's all water parky in that area, right? Like, yeah, kind of family water parky thing, but there's still you know adult stuff to do. Right on. Yeah, like uh, 
drag racing a jets uh, a snowmobile uh, in the lake or whatever. I've been out tested when we were with Kawasaki in 2005, I think. Yeah. It was Adard and uh, no, no, it might have been four. It was Hayes and uh, what's his name, Tony Murray. Oh yeah. Tony right, that was a teammate of Hayes. Yeah, one, one, one and done for us. And yeah, he was a pain in the ass. He's probably a nice guy now, but man, was he a pain in the ass as a rider. <laughs> he, he made, he made. I mean, Rocco has nothing on him. Really. Nothing. Oh no, Tony was the worst when he came to working with. Oh man! But oh, he was everything was wrong on the bike all the time. Didn't matter. But uh, we went there and tested in the winter of all places. The the Kawasaki race boss was had this great idea. We're going to go all the way to Brainerd, Minnesota for a winter test. And when we were driving in, there was like snow on both sides of the road, and the guys were riding their snowmobiles or snow machines or whatever, you know, sort of driving up there. And I'm like, are we going to test like freezing outside and and Roger, Roger and Tommy Hayden didn't do a single lap. They went there. We got in one of those garages on a long track. And you know who was the only guy that really rode? Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. And that turn was, back then it was fast. He rode Myri 600 just to tell him, it was, to show him it's good. You know, and he rode our superbike. It was like, he was an animal then too. Yeah. Nothing was going to keep him off that racetrack. It didn't matter if there was snow on there. He's a, he's, a, that's why he's a legend, right? I mean, yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. All right. So here's a couple more. I mean, I have a massive amount of questions. People are just, yeah, let's get to the questions that are yapping. Hey man, you're the one. All right. So I know, I know. All right. You got about 15 minutes. Oh, is that right? Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Alex, I don't even want to try to pronounce the dude's last name, but, uh, another guy commented similar thing, Proto, but it, it was about top rack. So did uh, the Alex wants to know if you watched race two of World Superbike Czech Republic and how Toprak put on a braking clinic for uh, for Bautista lap after lap until his Pirelli blew up. It doesn't hasn't Toprak been giving everyone a braking clinic? Yeah, and then Proto's question is that how come Jake can't brake like Toprak, or is it just his style, or is it the tires? Um, we've been working on that. You know, like I said. Cameron, Cameron Bovia was a little surprised in, 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 uh, at Laguna when, or at Ridge, I think it was Ridge. I'm sorry, Ridge. Uh, he said, man, those guys figured out some braking that couldn't get past Jake, uh, for a bit. And, uh, took them all race long up to the last five laps, but we've been working on that. Uh, Jake's whole style is corner exit. Yeah, so it's it was a little bit of a maybe a little bit of a rude awakening at at Portimao when he was losing almost a second in the first split. Right. You know yeah. he's really strong and the fast the fast uh, uh, the sweeper onto the front onto the front straight at Portimao, but we were losing almost a second in the first split and that was all mainly in turn one and two, which was heavy duty downhill braking going to the G out section and then another decreasing radius turn two. Um, so that, that stuff we've been working on. We have some new calipers. We've been working on different front end settings. I think it's making Jacob better, better at the brakes. But that's something I, I, I do believe that we need to spend, spend a little more time on is the first third of the turn, which points you down. And there are some things that are peculiar with our bike that Hayes pointed out that we knew about, especially at Laguna and Road America. You know, with a, more at Road America than Laguna, which was which is something that a lot of other guys had, which was this this uh, slide from the rear, right as you get to the apex. 
And I think Fong pointed that out. I don't know if you talked about that uh, on Monday on your show, but maybe. yeah, maybe he wasn't specific about it, but he told me about it. He's like, he's like, hey, dude, man, that thing just wants to back in when I get into the right to the apex. And, the, and, and Hayes mentioned that you got, and Jake does it too, just touch the throttle, set the rear and it grabs. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Back the same he actually thing. described something like that, but yeah, I, I didn't understand what you were. He didn't articulate it the way you did. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's a corner entry, and and it's right when you get to the apex, the thing just wants to come around, and that's what crashed Bobier out. The exact same thing. You got to the apex, the thing came around, whoop, spit him off, and it's just that little thing, and you touch the throttle and settles. So what happens is, you want to back up a little bit on the brakes to get the thing pointed down the racetrack. So once we get that little bit, a little tuned in, I think we can get to the apex on the brakes a little bit better. Okay. That's something we're going to work on at Coda. It's something we know that we need to fix. Uh, Proto asks, uh, do you plan to develop a new engine update for Motor America? We have one we're testing at Coda. If it doesn't go bang on this fuel, then we'll probably race it at Coda. You said the you engine were, we had it. Uh, you said you were at, hoarding Coda fuel, right? Like you have like known good. Yeah, we have some fuel from twenty two, because we we got a drum of the last batch from twenty two and we put it put it away, because uh, we I hate to say it, but we don't trust the ethanol blends that we're getting out of VP. Wow. You know, I think I think they're hydroscopic, and I think they're they're not really happy with our engines, our engine specs. We've had to dumb down our engines we've talked about this before yeah and yeah. uh but we've we've worked at at speed in other areas instead of just raw horsepower not muscling through everything and uh so we're able to to i guess you know uh fine tune our our top speed through other ways and i thought it uh you know we did a good job at uh at bir because i think jake had the fastest splits in the first sector and speeds were always like in the 55s and 56s, 54s, that kind of thing. And uh, same as Cambobier. The only person that was really fast was Jay, uh, PJ. I mean, he. I think he just, PJ's, I don't know, a little dumb and he gets to return two really he's fast. He's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He doesn't have very much going on upstairs, so he's, he's just a lunatic. He's a lunatic, for sure. He's a lunatic. Yeah. You know, so wherever he goes somewhere where it's like crazy speed and you know, he's like, he was like 158 regularly, 156, that little extra three miles an hour, whatever that's worth. But in the race, he couldn't do anything in that sector, you know? So I think we've done a good job at, at diffusing the, uh, the BMWs a bit, but I think Coda is going to be a big, big challenge because you have that long straight, which is straight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's no way around it. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll work on it. We have some stuff, but, uh, I think it's hard to make a gigantic gain mid-season you know i think we'll have to wait till off season to do some stuff so uh track time focus says um i guess he's talking about brainer being a really flat track especially after not the, really he says especially after coming from the ridge and laguna uh did did that force any bike changes or to allow or allow for bike changes well, Laguna was completely different setup because they had so much grip. Okay. And we were running harder tires and we're pushing the front a lot because the rear had so much grip. So I think at Laguna, we did a good job at, at um, keeping the tire wear down on the front. Everybody's tires were graining and ours looked like they could go another race. 
So I think we did a good job there. We just weren't able to take full advantage of it in race three, you know, because um, it was such a different setup. We put on right for race three and it took Jake a couple laps to get his head, head around it. By then the lead group was a little bit out there and you had to chase him down. Yeah. Plus our other rider kind of was, was racing, you know, which I don't, I don't blame him. He wants to, he wants to win as bad as anyone. You know, Cam yeah. Peterson, he held, he held Jake up a little bit in a couple of the corners, but, Jake got by, and uh, then it still took him a little bit of time to get his rhythm. And uh, then he, by the time he, he caught up to, uh, by the time he jumped the green a bunch of times to make up two seconds a lap or whatever, you know, he was it was a little too late. Hmm. Okay. But that was basically a pretty different setup than this track. This track was definitely a slippy track, so it uh, I think it benefited our bikes. We just we just can't seem to get all what we want out of these tires. I guess uh, another off season of testing at Button Willow will fix that, right? Hopefully. I think we get, if they're not going to change the tires, then for sure we're going to have to come up with some new stuff, linkages and stuff, steering geometry, things like that to get the most out of it. Even weight bias to the bike, maybe new fuel tank, maybe new ride. I mean, it just, it's these tires are so different on our bike than they were last year. So we'll have to do quite a bit of stuff this winter. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, Bearded Jixer, we gotta have a bearded Jixer question in here. Of course, um, he he wants to know your thoughts on all the bikes being thrown away this past weekend. You know, was it? Do you think it was the riders pushing too hard? Do you think it was the shitty tires or lack of grip overall? I didn't say the tires were shitty. I just said they had a certain character that we have to get our head around. You know, there. I don't think they're as good in certain areas as last year's tires. Okay. I'm not being politically correct. I'm just saying this is because we've been able to go faster some tracks and not other tracks. Like the tires were so ridiculously grippy at Laguna. We could have gone probably on the rear. We could have probably gone double race distance on it and not seen anywhere. Yeah. You know, and we had to actually induce tire spin to get the thing to steer and take some of the load off the front. So this track, yeah, the track, the track is more shitty than the tires. If you can put it that way. Yeah. The hunter was talking about going down on hardness of the tire for next year if we go back there. Okay. Like bringing the the one nine seven compound, which used to be the red tire. Okay. You know, which was like a they used to call it a pre queue oh. when we had the real cues. We would have that one nine seven compound to go out and do a few laps, and we throw the cube on cue on. So the thing about putting that compound back on the rear, and that I think that would help a lot of the corner entry stuff we're we're seeing. Okay. You know, the, the high, the, you know, the, the low side, high side thing that Bobier did, I think the tire could fix that. Okay. So, uh, and then to add to that, he wants to know what went farther, Jake's front end from last year or Corey Alexander's fuel tank. I think we have the altitude record. (laughs) I think that, that front end was pretty high up there. I mean, yeah, you see the trees coming back in the frame. Yeah. I don't think the camera could keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. Alexander just cleared that wall a little bit, you know, but it didn't have a lot of, no altitude, you know. I think if we were a pole vaulter, we would have got a 10. They'd probably get a 6, you know. Okay. Something like that, if you want to rate it on a 1 to 10 scale. But uh, as far as the sudden stop and impact and the thud, you know, that was pretty harsh. Okay, so how about this one? Uh... I asked Carl, who's the crew chief there, because we stay at the same hotel, and he's at, at breakfast, and he said, nah, I had to build a whole bike from scratch, and 
barely have any parts and that kind of thing. So everyone struggles about the same stuff, you know, yeah. trying to have the components of the yeah, transporter. It looked, like, it looked like the only thing salvageable on that thing was like the oil filter maybe, right? <laughs> I asked him if it broke the engine because I thought it hit the engine pretty hard. He goes, no, nah, the engine was okay, but of course it got full of dirt, so it's not. Right. Right. So it's, it's a bad situation. And then he went out and crashed the race too also. So it's it was a bad weekend for those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they ate up a lot of stuff. So it was, it was good for them. They are able to salvage it with a with a win at the end, right? So, yeah. you know, same with the Westby guys. They had kind of a crappy weekend going into it. They broke an engine and or, or they, they got, you know, the whole saw treatment or the chainsaw treatment or the BMW chainsaw to the radiator and oil cooler. Yeah. And uh, then in race two, they, they finished third, which was good. You know, yeah. ran really fast laps, really good. Okay. So then uh, let's see here. Uh, track time focus says, say next year's R1 has a front lean. Could you drop lap times? If the R1 had a front wing? Yeah. Uh, it, it might help. We're not MotoGP. It depends how much the front tire can handle. You know, it might help. It might help some anti-wheelie. Don't know. We have to try it. Again, it's all about the whole package, right? I mean, right. MotoGP is going to... The wings are designed a certain way to go around the rake and the length of the bike and the balance of the bike and and uh, how much grip it has. All that stuff's kind of tuned together. Just sticking a couple of ears on the bike and going, we're good, we're faster. It doesn't work that way. Um, Cody Cody Kreger, he's got a question that um, for your trivia thing, and it's like, who was the writer that Attack got their first national win with? That's a, good That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. When we do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you have the, the answer, except for Cody, since he came up with a question, he can't answer. He yeah. can't answer. Yeah, he's ineligible. But whoever comes to Richard at Pittsburgh, and uh, we can do it now. Oh, you want to do it right now? No shit. Sure. Okay. All right. In the comments, if you have the answer to who won, are they going to Pittsburgh? Yeah, and and you got to go to Pittsburgh to get it. Well, maybe that maybe that disqualifies a lot of people are listening because we're kind of California based, right? Yeah, that's true. I, you know, it's up. It's your shit, man. Like you tell me how you want to give. It yeah, up. but it's got to be instant. Like I got to say the question. Somebody's got to come up with the answer. Otherwise, they'll just be sitting there all googling away. Uh, eight forty eight Evo says Chaz Davies. Way wrong. Way wrong. That guy should give me a trophy for I mean, saying that. Bro, like that was. <laughs> Chaz Davies was after what you're talking about, so no. Chaz Davies won Daytona in 2008. Yeah. We started racing nationals on a national level in 1993. Yeah, dude. I mean, AMA nationals. Right. Not <laughs> WIRA or Formula USA. That doesn't count. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, Chuck Graves was still racing motorcycles back then. He was, dude. He was. He was fast. So, uh, yeah, uh, Track Time Focus says that Rocco's going to be 18 on, in, on December 2nd. So he's got a little bit. Yeah, so he's disqualified anyway. Yeah. But that's and, correct. And then um, Alex says, what is it with this dumb corporate allegiance required for riders to move up to the next class? There's so many good No, no, that's not it. No, that's not it, corporate allegiance. No. It's, I think he misunderstood. I, yeah, 
Yeah. They, they give the opportunities to the people that that have been loyal first. Right. It's not a corporate allegiance. I mean, Ca Cameron Peterson didn't have corporate allegiance when he was racing us on the Suzuki. Right. He just did a really good job. But let's face it, our paddock is a little short on big talent. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Fong's name came up too. It's just that, again, some a lot of factors play into it. Uh, yeah. Fong had a ride on an R1, our old R1, you know, so he's already in the paddock doing his thing and, he, and he's got that for the rest of the year. Our deal could be a one and done. So why, why ruin that? So all that stuff kind of comes into, comes into the, into the whole calculus, but it isn't about corporate allegiance. So it's just about, it's about who's doing a good job. And, and if you don't have a guy that's yeah. readily available on a moment's notice, doesn't have a job, then you got to pick from the, the crew that you have right right all right so 840 right. evo is taking another shot he says curtis adams way and, earlier than that and, and way earlier than that and then uh let's see uh abram says josh hayes and he spells it h-a-z-e um like like track days right <laughs> no again way before that Okay, and then uh, Proto says Don Kinney. No, Don Kinney, he, he ran as high as fifth on that on that bike. He has the right period, and he has the right bike, but it wasn't Don Kinney. He, he ran as high as fifth, I think, at Daytona, but he fell down on like the second, third lap, got sucked into turn one. I'm like, am I eligible to win this shit? I think so, but you can't say it. I... If you really want a trophy, you just come by the shop, I'll give you one. I, come on. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, we worked hard to get these trophies and we spent a lot of money doing it. So I would like someone who appreciates it, unlike yourself. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't appreciate it or mount it on my wall like your broken shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, uh, you want to show off the new thing that I'm going to hang up at some point? Do you still have that sitting there? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I should probably get permission from, from the Westview guys. But they had a big explosion at Laguna. And, and they came to show me this, this connecting rod. I guess the the bike or something back shifted from fifth to fourth at top RPM. Yeah. You know, like he was in fourth at near limiter and he shifted to fifth and then it jumped back to fourth. Like maybe he got a soft pedal, you know, like it didn't yeah. push it all the way yeah. in, which the, the R1's got a, just a ridiculously strong transmission. Like you can't, if something, somebody says my, my transmission is jumping out of gear, it's not the transmission. It's probably your shifter, your lever, your crappy rear sets. Your, your your electronics aren't set up or whatever but anyway this thing this thing uh blew up another you know it was a bad bad day for it. the westby guys but chuck came over to show it to me and he threw it in my garbage can so i figured you know what i think dustin would like this kind of stuff but anyway here it is <laughs> you're like dustin likes our broken shit oh, yeah God, look at this God. yeah i'm gonna have to have my guy mount that on some kind of piece of wood or something this is amazing so, yeah that's Apparently the piston was down. It worked the piston down around this thing. It was down below it. Oh wow! That's what I heard. I didn't have a chance to look at it, but I, I pulled this out of the garbage just for you. Well, appreciate you dumpster diving for me. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Being the super fan weirdo that you are. Hey, 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 hey. All right. So, um, how about uh, F1 Sport? Oh no, he says Duncan A. Also, okay. So Mino. Uh, Maya Shiro says Steve Rapp. Nope. Way before that. Okay. Uh, FS 
FS Sport says Doug Tolbert. Remember, I said the the period. So Doug that Tolbert. the period was Don Kinney, and I'll give a bigger bigger clue here. Don Kinney rode our bike in 1993 for a Sacred World magazine. Okay. We did Daytona with it. Yep. Okay, so that gives you kind of an idea about that period. Okay, there you go. Um, oh, about. I didn't say it was 1993. 848 Evo says that he did that same thing to his Chevy Vega in high school. <laughs> and then August. You know, first says, of all, why are you driving a Vega? And then August says that thing looks like it needed the blue pill. <laughs> the, the what pill? The blue, the blue pill. pill. <laughs> wow. The one that we're going to advertise on the side of the bikes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that one. Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's funny. All right, so I, I I don't know I don't know if anybody's going to get it, dude. But that's a good one. That's a good. That's one. a good one. That's a good one. So first person gets gets the trophy. Maybe we should come up with something a little bit. You know what? For the next time or whatever, let's come up with something that we come up with. Okay. And the first person and make it not so difficult. First person that answers it, boom, gets a first place trophy. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah, team trophy. You or know what? I mean, I guess I guess this question's burned. Yeah or no? What's that? Is this is the question that people are asking right now and not getting right? Um. Yeah. Probably. Should we just go ahead and say? I mean, let's see. Yeah, he keep. Yeah, FS one, dude. It's, we already asked Don Kane. We already said Don Kane. He said no. Yeah, and Don Kane was good, but he didn't win anything on our bike. And Go he, ahead. he also said Doug Toland. Doug Toland rode World Superbike on that Sacramento bike that Don Kane crashed at Daytona. Right. Later on, we did Laguna with Doug Toland. No, he didn't win the World Superbike. Aha! See. That would be pretty amazing. Yeah. He went okay, but it wasn't great. Yep. Yeah. So they actually had it was a YZF 750 SP, and Soccer World had this painter paint the gas tank, but he didn't tape off any of the stuff. So when he painted the gas tank, I think he sprayed clear and everything down inside the hole. Oh, good times. Like a typical painter moron, you know. So we show up and and <laughs> I think that was a dumb shit right, for painting inside the gas tank. I mean, what kind of idiot painter does that? And this guy was like supposed to be the shit, you know, like that, that thing sat in their lobby. So we show up, to, we show up, we, you know, my guy helping me assembles the tank, this, that was foaming it, put the thing in there, go out and the thing starts misfiring. I'm like what the hell's going on? We ran this thing on the dyno, blah, 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 blah. Why is what's going on? So we wasted this session trying to figure out what, and we, here we are draining the fuel and some of the paint that was inside the tank got all melted and jellified and just ruined the fuel pump and pick up screen off, try to take that whole thing apart, clean the inside of it nonstop, trying to stick your hand in there and stuff and get all the paint and crap out of it. And uh, anyway, wow. that was our experience. World Street Bike first session at Laguna Seca Damn. in 1994, Four. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. So, so everybody's wrong, dude. I think we might end the show and nobody's going to get that question. That was a tough one. Should I just go ahead and say it? Yeah. I mean, let, let's see. Anybody else want to give it a shot? All right. No. All yeah. five people watching? Yeah. All, all right. So here it is. I'll go ahead and answer it. Okay. I ran out of time because I don't want to be, they probably can't Google this anyway. It was Paul Harrell in 1997. It, man. And he, that, was in, that was in the class called Formula Extreme. And we beat the Ariane Hondas at 
Should I just say where? It was Pikes Peak. Yep. And we beat them so bad. The only person that didn't get lapped, uh, I shit you not, was Andrew Stroud, who was it was Andrew Stroud and Doug Toland who were on the Arian Hondas at the time. And it was Andrew Stroud trying to chase down Paul, and Paul just split. We kept fooling around with a with a trail number because that place had this fast entry sweeper coming off the banking, pretty dangerous little small track. It was under a minute the whole lap, like 50-something seconds. And we kept pulling out of the trail and to where we got that thing just really would dive into that first turn really, really good with the offset. And just nobody could touch Paul. It was just his day, you know? Yeah. Just split. And Andrew Andrew nor Doug Tolan could, it, could it's, catch him. It's anyway. so funny that you, you hinted at it repeatedly. Anybody that knows this shop should know the Paul Harrell thing. Come on. Yeah, Paul Harrell kind of was the beginning of, of yes. he was like the, the genesis of national level racing. Yes. He was the genesis, you know? Yeah, they'll have to go back and watch like our first. For us episode, anyway. The, the first episodes of this. But you know what? Show. None of, none of, yeah, but yeah, that was a while ago, huh? Yeah, from 2020. 2020, right? We started yeah. doing this thing. We talked about the history. Yeah. Uh, the thing about all that information, it's all kind of gone. Yeah. All that AMA history is kind of gone. I think that AMA scrubbed their, when they went to DMG, I think they scrubbed their server. And the, I think there's one guy that might have all the info, all the qualifying times and all that. We used to be able to look all that stuff up on the AMA website. It's all gone. Weird. How stupid is that? Yeah. Erasing I mean, it's all you got left. And, you know, there's no Wikipedia back then or anything. So there was no internet back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's no internet. There might have been, but it was a military thing. Yeah. Right. It was like, no it, it, took, it took porn to like expand the internet to everybody, right? Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, doesn't porn just drive all the new technology, basically? Kind of. Well, apparently this is all going back to that blue pill again, huh? Uh, everything goes back to the blue pill. And, and your, your blue pill rod? Yeah. Yeah. Are we done yet? Yeah, I think we're done, man. You're getting stupid. Did anything else you want to ask? Anybody else want to ask something? I don't think so, man. I think we're good, dude. <laughs> All right. No no other, like, where did Jake lose a lot of time? I think we already did all that yeah, stuff, we already, right? Yeah, we already talked about that. We talked about the Motor America stuff. You know, I mean, we pretty much covered Brainerd. Um, and that's Yeah, you know, testing again, I feel kind of bad bashing all those guys. All, not all the time, but when, when they – I know how hard it is for to – try to make everyone happy. It's really, really hard. Yeah. You know, but Nicole's got a really hard job. I'm not trying to be nice to her, kiss her ass at all. Right. But I know, I know what it's like to be on that side of the fence when you're trying to be leading a group and then you got, and I don't even like those. I don't even go to those, to those, um, you know, rider team meeting things because it could be just a, a group bash fest, you know, you ask for ideas or something and everyone's, it's like having a, a team meeting where it's an open forum instead of you just telling them what to do and everyone's like yeah johnny did this wrong and yeah screw you you're an idiot you know and you end up with this bashing thing and it just doesn't work out well yeah and i i I've also i guess she got frustrated you know and and she grabbed the mic and and uh at that meeting where they're all asking her about that 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 carousel thing she's like do you guys want to go five seconds is that what you want whoa you know <laughs> Jesus. So she got a little bit frustrated, but it was it was cool that we got a chance to uh, tell her what we thought from a team's perspective, and they listened and put out a you know uh, an addendum or whatever. Well, you know what, man, like to back you up too, because I mean I'm I'm guilty 
of talking shit about Motor America this season too, but I'm just trying to get them to do better. And I, I also have been on the other side of the fence, you know, being part of government, so to speak, from two different clubs um, on the club side. And even that's hard work. So like the national level is super hard. Uh, even your track days thing when you threw me off the track because I yeah. a, a big willow. <laughs> Hey, nobody's above you're, the law. Even my friend Stan Bully. You're like, you're done. You're thrown out. <laughs> like what? I don't think I said it that way, but yeah, I think. I'm <laughs> no, you said something effective. I got to throw you out or else I don't, you know, no one's going to respect me. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> yeah, right. What's that? I said, I don't know if I said those exact words, but yeah, like I no, did. It was I did, something of that nature and that thought. Sticker, right. I pulled your text sticker. <laughs> and if you were my super fan, you wouldn't throw me out. Oh man! The track day. That's so funny. All right, man. Yeah. Well, go back to work, dude. This is uh, work. Yeah. Fuck, late. All, All right, right man, later. All right. So okay. I stopped recording. You're at ninety nine percent.